Why, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I'm just a tiny little gentleman doffing my cap. Hello. I'm Chris. I'm a great big uh, giant who's climbing down a beanstalk from the sky, and my name is Mike. Uh, And I'm the gardener who made that beanstalk. Get off it, you son of a bitch. No, No, just kidding. My name's James, and I'm the third guy to round out this podcast trio. Chris, Chris, Mike, Mike, James, 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 step by step. (laughs) Ooh, baby. I love that we started this episode with a sort of Mother Goose, uh, Brothers Grimm kind of vibe. It's it's really, it it sets us apart. Mike, I've got to ask, are you a Mother Goose fan? Are you a Mother Goose enthusiast? Or is it Mother Goose and Grimm, knowing your twisted mind? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I love the tales of, of Mother Goose. <laughs> you, you guys have seen my Mother Goose tattoo, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and you guys have ass. seen my tattoo of the Brothers Grimm 69ing between my shoulder blades. <laughs> yeah, when you pull, pull your shoulders back, it... It makes it look like they're going up and down. Yeah, up and down. <laughs> Actually, Mike, I just want to say, you're the one that made the offer of the Mother Goosey-in-style fairy tales. I just said I was a little gentleman doffing my cap. I guess that's true, but I guess I thought of Tom Thumb. And oh, got you're my, right. I got my imagination just going absolutely insane. Tom Thumb was definitely a little gentleman. Yeah. It's interesting how... Uh, <laughs> uh, no. no, it's It's true. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's okay. You don't have to say. <laughs> it's interesting how the original uh, versions of all those nursery rhymes involve, like, you know, the queen cut out the liver of a little girl and fed it to her parents or something, yeah. and then, and then I guess Walt Disney took all those and made them more family friendly. Yeah, like the original Pinocchio, Pinocchio, like Geppetto, the 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 woodcutter. He had a family trapped in a cellar in his backyard, and yeah. he wouldn't let them out. And uh, they they really cleaned it up for Disney. Yeah, they, you're totally Geppetto right. would also uh, make would be, t- pull his pants down and bend over, and make <laughs> Pinocchio lie, and then tell the truth over and over again, so his nose would go in and out of his butt. <laughs> Pinocchio, and they cleaned what's that up. the weather like today? It's yeah. sunny. No. It's not sunny, is it, Pinocchio? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I feel we're we're the next logical step from uh, Andrew Dice Clay's Dirty Nursery Rhymes. Yes. Yeah. Which was m- my biggest influence. Oh man, when I first heard mm-hmm. those Andrew Dice Clay live cassettes on yeah. a on a Sony Walkman. Oh my god. You know, I thing. never really listened to the rude Andrew Dice Clay Nursery Rhymes. It was it something like was it was like. Hickory dickory duck. The elephant sucked my cock. Or like, is that the kind of idea? Remember Mother Goose? I fucked her. <laughs> That's true, James. I'm not is making that. He really that up. says that. That was his joke. Yeah. I fucked her. Damn. Yeah. It's just, really funny stuff. 
you have to remember this was back in the 80s. No one had ever heard anything like this before. And the image of a, a cool guy in a leather jacket smoking a cigarette and telling a dirty nursery rhyme just, just it was mind blowing. You know what I mean? Back in the 80s, nursery rhymes were sacred. And uh, Andrew Dice Clay just took a axe to it and chopped it down. Yeah, yeah I remember there were protests in the streets uh, from. Some of the uh, the relatives of like Hans Christian Andersen <laughs> and stuff like that, they were so upset about what the Dice Man was doing on stage. That's true. Yeah, there was a lot of like uh, different members of different uh, cultural nursery rhyme institutions of all <laughs> kinds of different backgrounds taking to the streets and protesting to our government. <laughs> you know what would have been a good cameo? If in the Leprechaun movies, they had put Andrew Dice Clay in the movies and, and then he maybe the little Leprechaun, you know, jumps out with a knife and Andrew Dice Clay's like, hey, I got a joke about you. Don't you, you know, get <laughs> fuck something up the ass or, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, isn't that what his jokes are like? <laughs> no, I can see it now. <laughs> I'm telling you, I could see it now. I used to watch the one where Leprechaun goes to Vegas with my friend Brian all the time as kids. <laughs> James and I were talking earlier. We we're both having separate bad days, and then we m- met up with Mike uh, on this uh, internet uh, video thing here, and he said he's not having a good day either. I I cracked a, a Labatt fifty. I ate a weed gummy i don't oh. care man i'm getting loose today i don't oh. care what a wow. crummy crummy time <clears throat> well i've got a glass of rosé over on my end so Cheers. that tells you all you need to know well as for to me us. guys i've got a big dirty glass full of toronto tap water and um i'm not afraid to sip it while we pod Toronto tap water, you're probably going to feel more of a buzz than uh, either of us. <laughs> yes, it's full of poison That's and That's such chemicals. a dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a dad. What do you want me to do? Blow my fucking brains out? <laughs> well, you know, if the world is pretty bad, but maybe, there, what, what, maybe we could brainstorm good things going on right now. I've got one. Mm. How about uh, <laughs> streaming services? Oh, James, you're right? singing my favorite song right now. I mean, yes, there's a lot of bad things, but yeah. come on. We've got a lot. We've we've got streaming services. We didn't have that growing up. You had to wait for the show. You couldn't just click on it when you wanted yeah. to watch. You know who else had endless streaming services, James? Hmm? According to Plato, uh, a bunch of people in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the shadows. <laughs> That's a good point. God, one, <laughs> one flame's shadows just blend seamlessly into the next one if you don't stop it between flames. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. I have to pay $20 a month for this shadow and $15 a month for the Disney Plus channel shadow. I may as well just have stuck with cable. I'm just going to stay in tonight and binge a bunch of flames. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine, guys, if you could go back and tell your younger self, like if you go back and talk to yourself when you were seven right Mm -hmm. now and tell young seven-year-old you, like, one day there will be something called the Criterion Channel. (laughs) And you are going to love it when you're in your apartment. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, seven-year-old Christopher, I have to let you know about this hilarious documentary series called Tiger King. You will find it funny at first, but then everybody on Twitter will ruin it because they think it's even funnier than you do. <laughs> and then they will talk about season two as well. And you'll be like, I don't fucking want to hear about this anymore. It's so stupid. All these people are ugly and terrible. <laughs> and then I will shake you and say, oh, seven-year-old Christopher, you must keep your head of hair and maybe... Become a pescatarian now so you don't get so fucking fat. <laughs> well, this took a dark turn. <laughs> it will take a dark turn tonight. I fucking am mad. If I was, if I talked to my seven-year-old self, I would say, young James, make sure to get into comedy. It's the best <laughs> life. It's uh, the yeah. most, you know, guaranteed success. I would, uh, if hmm, if I could talk to my <clears throat> seven-year-old self. Guess First I'd of all, say, I'd call the police if I saw it, because if I saw you talking to a seven-year-old, I'd be going, what's yes. going on there? And I'd be, Officer, <laughs> Officer James, don't worry, it's just me from a different boop, time. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> um, Get his I guess drives. If, if I could talk to my... <laughs> So, uh, sir, you, what kind of magazine is that you're showing the seven-year-old version of you? It's myself. <laughs> sure it is, sir. Get in the fucking car. You too, kid. You're implicated as well, kid. <laughs> yeah, we should arrest the seven-year-old version of Michael right now while we have a chance. If you make history as the first man and seven-year-old version of himself put to death. <laughs> You're holding your own hand. <laughs> Fine, I love you. <laughs> Freedom, and then your heads get chopped off. <laughs> well, okay, sorry, Mike. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go. Sorry. Oh, okay, I, I was gonna say if I could tell my seven-year-old self one thing, I'd say yes. I think it is good for you to leave your home country two separate times in your life. To go and fall on your face and then come home broke. <laughs> You're talking about L.A. area. Well, that's one of them. Yeah. Oh. Yes, I would. Speaking of like you brought up L.A., James, you brought up comedy. I would love to shake all three seven-year-old versions of us and say, guys, if anything, you still want your heart's desire is to enter the comedy business. Never read a book. Never <laughs> learn anything. The more ignorant, the blissier. Be stupid and you will rise to the top. The cream sinks to the bottom and, and gets snowed on like a, covered by a giant Toronto blizzard. Look, I mentioned freedom. Freedom! When uh, Mike and his hypothetical seven-year-old version was, were getting... Uh, killed can i just say I, I had this thought the other day what do you think about this you know the movie braveheart hell yeah, yeah. mel gibson william wallace i know mike likes entertainment <laughs> <laughs> that's my thing Will you, <laughs> oh william wallace <laughs> uh, <laughs> mr w w w uh w we need w one more w, w here yeah w w what what fuck um, is Braveheart the film Braveheart just one super long uh, build up to an ironic gag at the end 
when he yells freedom and then gets his head chopped off because that's pretty funny yeah <laughs> yeah i no one ever one talks the, about that that's funny that's that classic mel gibson sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> freedom i wonder uh-huh. what mel gibson does find funny like when he wants yeah. a laugh what does he watch I don't think it's like The Office. You know what I mean? No. Like he watches I wonder race what... riots, probably. <laughs> 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 yeah. It is crazy. Like he is basically has been fully reaccepted back into Hollywood. Yeah, sorta. Yeah, it's weird. Pretty much. Yeah, he's in a movie. I think he's in a movie coming out soon. And he's making a sequel, or did they already make a sequel to The Passion of the Christ? They did. How could how could you? What 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 are you? What are you in heaven? I think they're gonna Avatar it, so it's gonna be like they're gonna make like six more <laughs> passions. <laughs> and um, what's his you name? like Passion of the Christ? The actual <laughs> death of Christ was just the beginning. <laughs> like what the fuck are they gonna do? Like I never saw the movie, but. It'd be neat if they brought if in the sequel Jesus is sort of like a bit more of a little like creature and he's played by Andy Serkis. <laughs> yeah, they should definitely put Jesus in the MCU and have like Jesus and Thor and Star Lord kind of like go on an adventure together or something. I'd love to see him like yeah, just rip his hands off of, out of the nails on the cross and jump down and look at the camera and go, so that just happened. <laughs> and then that starts a whole brand new series of adventures. <laughs> it's so funny, like DC Comics and MCU, but especially like DC Comics, I feel, or, you yeah, know, MCU too, they always have like superheroes that are just like expert military guys. Sharpshooter, target boy, <laughs> good jumper, gun daddy, <laughs> muscle gun man. Yeah, it's like, and I guess it's Marvel, but who's the Jeremy Renner character in the Marvel ones? Uh, Arrow dog. Yeah, but he's got to be the least compelling character in those movies. He just I shoots saw, a damn arrow. I weirdly, when I was looking at videos of today's guy, uh, I weirdly got a sponsored ad for what's it? What is he called? Hawkeye, right? Hawkeye. So I got a sponsored ad for the Hawkeye six episode series from Disney Plus. Oh no, that's oh. why because I was watching some Disney Plus. Congrats, man! <laughs> <laughs> yo, thanks Disney Plus. Honestly, um, <laughs> yo Disney Plus, it's an honor, man, to be to get sponsored ads from you guys. Um, that means I'm up there. I'm doing something. But uh, it's like the Hawkeye thing came out like a month or two ago, but they're still like, have you seen Hawkeye yet? <laughs> and everyone's like yelling unanimously, I mean, unanimously uh, uh, or whatever across the world. No, what the fuck, man? It's a bow and arrow guy. Have you guys like, no, seen, yeah, have you guys know, seen Jeremy Renner's mu- music video? No. Uh, yes, I have. It's really funny. I think we made fun of it on a landlord tenant. Oh, did we? Because oh. it was that a... type of music where it's like, yeah, it's a weekend. <laughs> Gonna oh. drink a beer with the Met boys, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's like very... truck commercial music. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like that kind of. Thing. <laughs> I'm hot yeah, to the bone. Yeah. 
Friday yeah. night, gonna dr- dance in mud. <laughs> gonna drink a beer with a bunch of buds. Yeah, gonna play darts. <laughs> gonna get a basket of deep fried jalapeno peppers. Get some onion rings, put them on my chick. <laughs> She doesn't have straps for her, like over her shoulders for her shirt. <laughs> Gonna make a mess in the pub bathroom. <laughs> Gonna compliment you on your denim skirt. <laughs> it's Friday night, it can't hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that kind of singing. Oh, yeah, I got the blues. (laughs) Well, if you want to Google it at home, the song is called Main Attraction by Jeremy Renner. And I think you might be surprised because it's not what you'd expect from him. It's Friday night. We're going to have some wings. No one can hold us down. We're number one. (laughs) The band is all these fat guys with beards. Friday night. Going to eat some wings. No life around. It's a concept. No one can tell us what to do. Yeah. It's Friday night. We're going to have some fun. No one's getting vaccinated. (laughs) We're indestructible. Yeah. <laughs> skin is red and we've all got boils. Gonna eat some wings tonight and try to kiss a woman who just got divorced. We've all got gout. Yeah, yeah, but that's not what this is about. <laughs> yeah. Diabetes. <laughs> not gonna take my shot tonight. <laughs> you know what? We I'm gonna put here. my insulin. I'm gonna leave my insulin in the glove compartment. <laughs> Go into Rudy's and get the party started. We're basically being the guy, the Canadian singer from the Kid Rock anti-vax song. Oh yeah, yeah. that was Ain't good. Nobody gonna tell me how to live. Yeah, that's what all those songs are. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're from Hamilton. That the guy, the band who backs up Kid Rock on that. Yeah. Uh, on that song. I Hamilton I mean, is the Detroit of Canada. Beep, beep. <laughs> so <clears throat> before we move on, I thought I Mike sometimes, I feel like he's very up on current events. And I thought a fun idea for a segment would be Mike's Entertainment Minute. What do you guys think about that? I'll do it. I'm a little nervous for my big debut officially. In the immortal and- words of Tone Loke, let's do it. <laughs> in the immortal really words good. of Tone Loke, maybe I shouldn't have written that song about putting things in people's drinks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Funky Cold Medina. Hey, where are you taking me? What? I didn't do nothing. <laughs> so if you've listened to this show before, you'll know that I'm sort of the Harvey Levin of evil men. Uh, Harvey Levin, of course, the TMZ guy. He uh, he hires teenagers to make fun of celebrities for him, and he sits across from them on TMZ. <clears throat> and he, he, uh, he's a little bit of a character. And that's how I see myself. And so I have just a few things I thought would be fun to bring up. And uh, one is of TMZ these... a sweat factory? I think so. The, the, the doors are locked. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that's so funny. I would love to see a fire inspector on the set of TMZ. I'm sure there'd be multiple infractions. Anyway, um, here's something funny. Meatloaf passed away. That's not funny. That's very tragic when a COVID denier uh, doesn't get the vaccine and rails against the vaccine and then dies of, of COVID. The funny thing is that we learned that um, Meatloaf's daughter was married to, is married to uh, Scott Ian, the guitarist from Anthrax, one of heavy metal's big four acts. Which is crazy to me because <laughs> Great. the other three in the four are Metallica, <laughs> Megadeth, and Slayer, right? Yes. Yeah, Anthrax is nowhere fucking <laughs> near those bands. They suck so bad. I've never understood that. I always thought and the best Ian Scott Ian had that cool goatee, but that's all they're yeah. known for. The the best thing about Anthrax is their logo and the mascot of that the guy like the screaming man with the mustache face mm-hmm. and Scott Ian's beard. Aside from that, yeah. uh, they're I, they're not for me. Um, they did bring the noise remake with Public Enemy, but of course yeah. the best part of that is Public Enemy. Yeah. Meatloaf must have been looking at that video thinking like, geez, I wish my daughter had married Flava Flav instead, you know? I wish my daughter married Flava Flav. <laughs> <clears throat> I wish my daughter married one of the guys from Megadeth. But don't marry him. Yeah. My friend Gavin told me a hundred years ago, that I would do anything for love, but I won't do that was a song about anal. <laughs> Meatloaf wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, Are you kidding the me? woman guy... was begging him to do anal. That guy invented eating ass, and I'm sorry to use that term on a family-friendly <clears throat> podcast, but he, you know he would eat anything, probably. Right. I mean, the guy's name was Meatloaf. He was yeah, a... they re- <clears throat> I watched the music video for it recently. And it's sort of a Beauty and the Beast thing. Like in the video, he's the Beast, and there's a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it, it doesn't explain the what he won't do at all. It's just he's a hairy beast, and he loves yeah. a beauty. Imagine Lumiere from the Disney Beauty and the Beast cartoon having an interaction with Meatloaf. I don't think it would go well. Imagine Lumiere, the candle character from uh, Beauty and the Beast, just covered in shit, and he won't tell anyone why. <laughs> And then Mrs. Potts is like, did Meatloaf do this to you? <laughs> was that Angela Lansbury? That was my Angela Lansbury, yeah. You've got Meatloaf all over you. <laughs> Clean off this shit. Clean this shit. Take it off me. Candlestick. Candlestick. I want to have a buff because I've been up Meatloaf's ass. Wash my hair, wash my feet. I really smell like sheep. <laughs> this is the best episode ever made. Yeah. Did just- you know the voice of Lumiere was voiced by Law and Order actor Jerry Orbach? Dong really? dong. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I had no damn idea. Yeah. Jerry Orbach did that fucking voice. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Everyone, everyone leaving the, the 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 premiere of Beauty and the Beast. As soon as the credits came up, everyone in the theater was like, "That's fucking Orbach." 
Yeah. And <laughs> people might shit. think we're being dry or, you know, sarcastically dry. No, yeah. it's 100% true. Google it, folks. Jerry wow. Orbach. Hey, my six-year-old daughter. You know that show Daddy Likes, L.A. Law or Law and Order, whatever the Honor. fuck? <laughs> That's the guy, the Candleman. <laughs> I remember once, one time on a trip to New York City, I was taking the subway, you know, kind of very, very Scorsese-ish, you know, that's the way I live my life, and uh, there was an ad on the subway encouraging New Yorkers to donate their organs, specifically their eyes, to science or to me- to medicine, and Jerry mm. Orbach was the spokesman for this ad because he nice. donated his eyes uh, after he died. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable for the later seasons of Law and Order when he had no eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell am I? Or like, or like, yeah, later on in Law and Order, his eyes were the only thing you recognized on the screen. <laughs> it's just like young guy's face. <laughs> just a close-up on a pair of eyes. Dung dung. On a I desk. wonder if during the filming of Law and Order, if like other cast members would be like, can you do the Lumiere thing, Jerry? Come on. And then it's like this scene about a grisly murder, and he's like, all right. Be my guest. Be my guest. Be my guest. Be my guest. Take my eyes out of my skull. When I die, remove them quickly so the tissue doesn't perish. Take my eyes. Take my eyes. Give the- Slice them like a pizza pie. <laughs> I hear that Jerry Orbach was difficult to work with on the set of Beauty and the Beast because he really tried to pressure all of his co-stars to also donate their eyes, kidneys, lungs, and livers. <laughs> take my eyes. Take my eyes. Make my skull look like it's always in a constant surprise. <laughs> Jerry, I think you're putting too many words in that run. <laughs> yeah, in between t- in between uh, takes on Law and Order, he'd always be like, "So, have you thought about where your guts or heart are going to go after this?" <laughs> you know, we're all headed to the grave one way or another. You know who could really use your liver? Some kid. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait until I've, I've gotten rid of all of these organs. They're weighing me down. Remember those scientists that were trying to capture E.T.? You should give them your heart and lungs. <laughs> so that's the first item of Mike's TMG. Uh, the latest news on Jerry Orbach's eyes. Um, yeah, I say, we make, my, this, my, I say uh, we make this a huge special two-hour episode. In my mind, Mike's Entertainment Minute would have like a bed of gentle like entertainment tonight style music under it so i don't know if that's gonna work for that conversation we just had i won't maybe you can take my little stupid i always do that same drum roll thing i love it and so i like the like you should find a stinger that's like all right yeah something glitzy something very hollywood and Um, what we covered in mike's entertainment minute is only that meatloaf's daughter is married (laughs) to the guy from the it's and all Jerry Orbach. talking about. <laughs> and that Jerry Orbach was the voice of Lumiere. In- and that he, he had his eyes donated after he died. Breaking news. Dead actor Jerry Orbach played Lumiere. <laughs> Before we get to our uh, evil man for this week, I should mention that we have a Patreon account. You can find it at patreon.com slash evil men. 
And if you're interested, you can sign up. You get bonus episodes, at least two a month. They're great. They're really funny. And, um, you know, check it out. And uh, if you already are part of the Patreon, thank you. Major time thank you. We really appreciate you. And if you can't do it, that's okay. But if you could rate and review us. And you know what? We've been we've gotten way more reviews and, and ratings, I've noticed lately. Uh, so that's really nice. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Well, now that we've got the Patreon information out of the way, uh, I have no choice but to to ask you, Chris... A very uncomfortable question, and I hope you don't take it the wrong way. But Uh who the heck is this week's evil man? This week's evil man is the character Mr. Burns from the TV franchise, The Fucking Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) Danny Elfman made the song. But Mr. Burns is a real freaking bastard, and it's time we dove into, like, just sort of, like, finally getting into, digging into what this guy was really capable of, and even still capable of to this day, because I think The Simpsons is still going. Now, I'm going to preface this with two things right now, off the top. (laughs) One, my weed gummy is working right now, and so is the beer, and two... There's about 35 or something seasons of The Simpsons, and my knowledge spans to maybe like nine. I did not watch the last like 20 years or so of The Simpsons. So if there's a, there could be a lot of Mr. Burns information that I'm not fucking familiar with. But I'll give you the background. Charles Montgomery Burns, also on the simpsons.fandom.com wiki <laughs> he it says his full name and i don't know the episodes that establish this but it says his full name is charles montgomery plantagenet shickle gruber burns so there must have been some really funny gags along the way that added those other names to his long name also known as monty burns montgomery burns cm burns and mr burns and he's the owner of the springfield nuclear power plant in the simpsons franchise he's the springfield's richest oldest and most powerful citizens uh one of the episodes i saw him uh, mentioned his age was 104 and uh, his net worth has been stated to be in the billions and in one instance was pegged at exactly $1,800,037,022. And yeah, you guys are fans of The Simpsons. You know about Mr. Burns, right? I do. And you know, that's not even that much now. A billion dollars? No, there's a lot of the... And Mike, you had a good point earlier when we were talking today that uh, we have billionaires on this planet now. And The Simpsons did a really great job of portraying these uh, megalomaniacal uh, monopoly hounding uh, kind of freaks like Mr. Burns as evil characters. And, and you say like multi-billionaires who, who treat all their employees like shit and try to monopolize everything on the planet. They're kind of trying to depict themselves now as what? Like little cutesy like, good guys or cute little saviors of humanity yeah like i i wonder i was wondering if if the simpsons debuted today if a billionaire character like mr burns would be shown to be like the like a, a great man who was going to 
you know, take humanity to, uh, you know, to salvation or something. Because he was depicted as, yeah, the embodiment of, of corporate greed, obviously. Mr. Mr. Burns, I'm talking about. Yeah, well, you know, that's honestly what I respect <laughs> about Mr. Burns the most, is he doesn't pull any of that bullshit. He's straight up evil to the core and, uh, and uh, just Mr. Burns is like, it. Mr. Burns is like, uh, this is who I am, and if you don't like it, you can kiss my butt, you know? On the <laughs> yeah. Whereas Bart says, "Eat my shorts," Mr. Burns says, "Kiss, kiss my butt." Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of, we should just say, speaking of, uh, you know, Mr. Burnsisms. What's his What's his most well known one? Catchphrase. He goes, "Excellent." <laughs> That's right. That's really co- cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a big <laughs> one. You know what his other two probably most famous catchphrases are? Simpson, yeah. eh? Yeah. Right? He never remembers who his Homer, dumbest, Homer worst Simpson. employee. Yeah, Homer Simpson. And then Simpson, yeah. eh? Never heard yeah. of him. Whatever. That would get on my nerves if I worked at a company and I was there every day and did my job, did my best, and every time my boss saw me, they just blanked on me because it's uh, it's disrespectful. Oh god! And that was the premise, uh, I believe. It wasn't the premise, but in the episode "Who Shot Mr. Burns," Homer was a suspect because he lost his mind because Mr. Burns could never remember Homer's name. Yeah, that's the thing. Mr. Burns has been shot. He still stays alive. He's one hundred and four. <laughs> It's it's insane. And what's Homer Simpson's catchphrase? Everybody on the count of one, one, dough. dough. It's dough. Right? If you don't yeah. know dough, it really is dough. If you don't know dough, you've been living under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> or you've just been born recently. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he also goes Smithers because. Uh, <laughs> Because Smithers, Waylon Smithers, is not just his assistant. He's a lackey. He's practically a dog, a sycophantic dog-like man mm-hmm. who bows down to any uh, of Mr. Burns's whims or wishes, <laughs> no spine of his own. In fact, might even uh, be in love with Mr. Burns and want to marry him and kiss him. Yeah, he's he's That's, dreamed about it many times on on the Simpsons. And side note here, there was recently a new episode of the Simpsons mm-hmm. that oh, you watched the new ones too, eh? With your family, I read, I read, I read an interview with the father and son Simpsons writing team. Uh, imagine that uh, being related yeah. to someone in show business and, and then immediately uh, writing for a big show. Um, <laughs> there was an episode where. I think Homer and his friends took Smithers out because I think Smithers is officially out of the closet now on the show in Springfield, and they took nice. him out to to find a boyfriend, and he has like a boyfriend now. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. They needed huh. to do that. Yeah. Could could you guys pinpoint the point where you stopped watching The Simpsons? Nine eleven, when the plane really? hit the second tower. When it hit the first tower, I was like, yeah. "I'm still gonna watch The Simpsons." Yeah, but when <laughs> when the second plane came in, you were like, "Enough." Yeah, I, yeah. I, when, when I the won, when the buildings hit. collapsed mm-hmm. and that huge ominous cloud of death and dust covered all yeah. of New York City, Manhattan. Yeah, I turned The Simpsons off once and for all. I, I think I can pinpoint when I stopped watching The Simpsons 
because it was somewhere around the point where remember the Canyonero episode? Canyonero. Yeah. That's like near the end, and that was apparently season nine. So I think I stopped yeah. watching around season nine or ten, and we are now. Let me just uh, wrote this down here. We are now in uh, season thirty-three. Okay, there so have I been thought thirty-five. Seven hundred and seventeen but... episodes. It's the longest-running mm-hmm. scripted primetime uh, television mm-hmm. series in American history. Season thirty-three. So we probably probably about the same. We've probably watched it for about ten seasons. There's been twenty-three yeah. since. Unbelievable. Does this sound familiar to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Does this sound familiar to you guys? Release the hounds. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I'm trying to think, figure out who you're trying to be here. Maybe, Mike, yeah. you can put that as what I say first before <laughs> saying it's Mr. Birds. Sure, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, a cla- that's another, you know, I got to hand it to you, Chris. That's another classic Mr. Burns line that he... Release the hounds. Because he... Doesn't really value human life, and he doesn't. You know what? I I was thinking. I guess the Mr. Burns character, another tangent for me. Yeah. I like the. I guess he was based on. I mean, in reality, he was based on like a teacher Matt Groening had, but yeah. I guess he's like an amalgam of like the robber barons of like the nineteen tens, the early nineteen hundreds, like J.P. Morgan or you know um, Carnegie and J. Uh, guys like that. Yeah, well, it, apparently uh, Matt Groening based Mr. Yeah. Burns on someone called Frederick Olsen, who was mm-hmm. a reclusive Norwegian shipping magnate and the owner of Timex. I love the idea oh. of like Matt Groening just looking at the owner of Timex and being like, yeah, that's the guy. I'm going to yeah. get you. I'm going to get him. Yeah, maybe we should say some of the, the, the bio of more of... Maybe sure. this will explain... A bit more of Mr. Burns before we get into some of the stories of some of the actual evilness that he's done. Uh, Mr. Burns' childhood, which was covered in the, you know, the episode with Bobo, his teddy bear? <laughs> the very Citizen Kane-y uh, episode, yeah. It's basically, yeah, it's like Rosebud. It's his, Bo- Bobo is his Rosebud. <laughs> he was born on September 15th, 1886, as a child, Burns was so jubilant and amiable that his parents called him happy. And I don't know if you remember, but uh, he's, uh, his, it says here grandfather, but I thought it was his uncle, but maybe I guess it's his grandfather. I just watched the episode today. But a relative pulls up in a freaking car and his parents are like, happy. His name was happy at the time. Uh, they called him happy because he was such a happy little boy. They go, do you want to live with us or do you want to live with your grandfather or uncle or whatever? Fuck. And uh, the billionaire. <laughs> and Mr. Burns, yeah, yeah whoever wants to do <laughs> But Mr. Burns, of course, it's hilarious as a kid, drops Bobo into the cold, snow, snowy ground, jumps in the car with his rich relative, puts on shades and goes, let's roll. And then they take off and uh, he work. he... Uh, Tours around an atom mill uh, where his heartless... His, it, it, I'm just going to go by this note here. His heartless grandfather... I thought it was his uncle for some reason. His heartless grandfather owns it, an atom mill where laborers would try to split atoms by hitting them with anvils and sledgehammers. 
And uh, yeah, at that point, all 10 of his older siblings had died under suspicious circumstances, leaving him as the heir to the family fortune. As Mr. Burns grew up, his grandfather turned him from a peasant child into a cold-hearted man. Burns went to Yale, where he joined the Skull and Bones Society, which, as we know, Skull and Bones is a secret student society in Yale that, you know, there's tons of conspiracy theories about those guys. I saw the Skull and Bones movie, too. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it with my dad in the theater. <laughs> and my dad was all like, this is true. <laughs> and uh, yeah, political son. figures like George Bush, like the Bushes, John Kerry, and all these guys, like politicians, are members of the Skull and Bones. So, of course, conspiracy theories. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Simpsons guys, <laughs> do you think they made... This evil character, Mr. Burns, go to Yale because they were like, because we went to Harvard and we're <laughs> yeah. good guys. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. They're geniuses. It's so funny. Like, most of the population <laughs> are really actually these days like Homer Simpson. And the, and the Simpsons writers who are like, yeah, rich, educated, Harvard uh, writers are like, no, Homer Simpson was supposed to be a dumbass piece of shit. That was fucking stupid. And I feel like most of the population is like, I can kind of relate to Homer. Whatever. Isn't you know, Homer supposed to be like 36 also? I think he's 38. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually way older than Homer. That's yeah. Not way like older. Like if you met Marge, you'd be like, oh, it's like a young a woman who's like younger than me. Yeah. That's weird. It is interesting when when a man reaches the point in his life where he is just a little <laughs> bit older than Marge Simpson. <laughs> you can never expect to live that long. Every Mike, man saying... reaches a point in his life where he's a little bit older than Marge Simpson and he starts <laughs> dreaming about her. <laughs> he starts dreaming about making love to her. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Imagine you're at you're, you're at a bar with your friends. Oh, meet Marge, and then you mm-hmm. you'd meet her and you go, oh, she's probably like mid thirties. She's like a bit younger than me. You yeah. know, I'm just she's saying that's literally weird. the best wife on the planet. <laughs> Think of how fucking annoying and stupid and how screwed up Homer's been every single episode. Yeah, and yeah. Marge stands by him all the time and goes, oh, homie, yeah. and uh, he's lucky. Ba- Makes dinner, takes care of the children. Like, he's insanely lucky. But you know what? I would say they, um, in The Simpsons, you always knew that Homer knew that he was very lucky. And even if he would be stupid, by the end, he would, he would sort of, um, express his gratitude to Marge and it made him redeemable. Yeah, like he was got close with that Mindy character there. Yeah, that was bad. Yes, he certainly did. And then, oh, (laughs) Also, Mike's he was managing that country tell. singer. Yeah. Mike is was a it Mindy, Mindy? guy. Yeah. Was Mindy the oh, country Mindy, singer? you came and you made yeah. me a turkey. That's two different episodes. There's the country singer and Colonel Homer. And then there's the one with the co-worker. <clears throat> and I think Mindy is the co-worker. Who's the country singer? Oh, is that... Lor- yes, I think you're... Loretta Lor- yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She loves him. Interesting. Anyways... So, hmm. Mr. Burns. <laughs> Her name yeah, is Lorene Lumpkin. Knows, though. You're right, James. Homer knows. Lorene Lumpkin was the country singer. 
Uh, okay, thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> During the 1920s, Burns went by the name Mon- Monogram Monty and had excessive parties at his mansion until his stock market crashed at 29, which Burns actually didn't even notice because he's so rich, right? After Germany invaded Poland in 39, Burns joined the SS. However, he defected <laughs> back to the U.S. in 1941. Well, I, I thought that, that was kind of a, a joke I don't remember, that they said Mr. Burns joined the Nazis. In some of the breakdown here, James, <laughs> honestly, it's going to be like, it's got to be stuff at this point from, yeah, the episodes that we did not keep up with. Very true. Um, so I'll just read this, and then we'll get on with what we do remember. Cool. After <laughs> It's pretty cool. After World War II, President Truman asked Mr. Burns to transport a specially printed trillion-dollar bill to Europe as the United States' contribution to the reconstruction of the continent. As the United States' richest citizen, Burns was thought to be also also the most trustworthy. This turned out not to be true. As he kept the trillion for himself, however, he did later lose the bill to Fidel Castro. That was a good episode. I think I did see that one actually. Yeah, that was a later that, funny one. It's a way later one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny that that joke of Mr. Burns joining the Nazis, uh, but mm-hmm. it is also <laughs> kind of based on some historical fact because there were corporations or like leaders of, of corporations at least who did they were on like Hitler's side and Germany's side and did business with them sometimes openly until it was illegal and sometimes then afterwards kind of illegally so that it is really? like a, the mr burns character is like a big critique of like just like you know unfettered capitalism in a funny way mm-hmm. you do wonder though like the first seven or eight ten years whatever you could see some mm-hmm. of the biting social commentary i guess i don't watch it anymore but it mm-hmm. i wonder if you would still pick up on that if you watch now it doesn't feel like it but maybe maybe it is i just wanted to point out okay. that the uh in the 40s gm and texaco and the international telephone and telegraph company all secretly were supporting and, and uh, rooting for hitler during the war <laughs> which ones gm texaco oil and the international where, telephone and where are you reading that michael um, I'm reading it on, uh, Jeff's blog. No, it's a, um, <laughs> deep some, state. I wasn't challenging you. I was yeah. just curious. <laughs> no, it's some, uh, I'll send you the link. It's a, uh, history article, hmm. but I know like Texaco supported the wrong side during the Spanish civil war. Anyway, hmm. didn't mean to, uh, didn't mean to. Interrupt. No, that's good. That's interesting. Let's talk about some of the background of the character before we get into some more evidence of. Burns's evilosity. We already said this. The the Mac rating based him on the Frederick Olson, uh, the owner of Timex. Uh, mm-hmm. He Graining wanted Burns to represent the embodiment of corporate greed. Basically, is what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Animator David Silverman based Burns's appearance on Fox founder Barry Diller, and modeled his body on a praying mantis. That's funny which, because it. Uh- Mr. Burns absolutely looks like a praying mantis. A hundred, yeah. It's funny that that is uh, intentional. No one else on The Simpsons looks like a praying mantis. Nope, he's the one. I, I know who you talk uh, about. Mo, yeah. uh, Lisa, Bleeding Gums, Murphy. None of them look like a damn praying mantis. I know. Mr. Burns was originally voiced by actor Christopher Collins in the episodes 
Simpsons roasting on an open fire, Homer's odyssey, there's no disgrace like home, and the telltale head. He was soon replaced by Harry Shearer because Sam Simon found Collins difficult to work with. That's interesting. I had no idea that there was a different Mr. Burns voice. Me too. Okay, I, so I didn't know. Dan Castellaneta did Homer the whole time, right? But in the first season, Homer's voice was a bit different. And even some <laughs> of the characters that Harry Shearer and Hank Azaria did, they kind of adjusted as they, they found the characters more. And so, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I thought Christopher Collins' voicing of Mr. Burns in the few episodes in the first season was Harry Shear finding the Burns voice. I was genuinely surprised oh, to find so out you, it was all... So oh, I didn't know. You clocked that the voice was different, but you just thought it was Harry Shearer trying to find it. I want yes. to go back and yeah, find Yeah, his voice the is other... more like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I want to go back and find the how the other Mr. Burns sounded. Yeah, I watched a bunch today. So It is different, but so Harry Shearer you know, kind of did a good job of picking up the mantle and also making it his own. Hmm. Now, the guy's name, the original guy, was what, Christopher Collins, the actor? Yeah. Yeah, and he was a comedian, stand-up, but he did the voices. Oh, my God. Remember when you'd watch G.I. Joe? Maybe Mike knows more than James. I'm not sure. But remember when you'd watch G.I. Joe and you'd be like, Cobra Commander sounds exactly like Starscream from Transformers. Oh, that was him. They okay. were both Christopher Collins. So it sounds like he was like a cartoon actor, maybe more than like a comedian. Or maybe he uh, was a comedian too. He I got into it through the biz, like we yeah. all do, right, James? <laughs> Darn right. <laughs> but and he he died not too long after he lost the job on The Simpsons, right? We were so can before. I just say before we get into that mystery? No, I'm just joking. It's not a mystery. <laughs> Guess what? GI Joe. He also did a voice of Gung Ho. Oh, the coolest GI Joe with like tats and like he had the navy. Hat on. Anyways, he, probably, he did gung ho. Gung ho probably had some pretty terrible political beliefs. But, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> Any marine is pretty well adjusted. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Christopher but, Collins died in 1994, so he 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 left wait, the Simpsons. The same year the, as Kurt Cobain. <laughs> just a little bit after. When did okay. Kurt Cobain blow his brains out? April 1994? Yeah, so Christopher was... He waited a bit. Right. He thought That's about polite. what... He thought yeah. about what... Yeah, polite. He didn't want to steal the spotlight from Kurt's brains. And uh, June 12, 1994, <laughs> he had a... He actually didn't blow his brains out. He... Uh, uh, unfortunately, and I'm sorry if Christopher Collins' family is listening, unfortunately, at the young age of 44, he died from cerebral hemorrhage. Um... But he he was only on The Simpsons doing the voices from eighty nine to ninety, and he did one one episode. He was Mo Sislak too, <laughs> bef wow. before Hank Azaria took took over. But I just want to say this is my own personal theory, and I find this, you know, I'm a dark and disturbed person. I try not to be, but you know, uh, what am I supposed to do? Pretend. Anyways, um, Christopher Collins died a few years into the biggest explosion of Simpsons popularity. It was dominating. It took over the whole world. You could find children probably running around the Amazon jungle 
wearing <laughs> Bart Simpson shirts that said "Don't have a cow, man." You know, it was like the biggest thing on the planet. I wonder if like getting fired from that job and then watching, you know, all these other guys, voice actors on the show, become multi-millionaires, would that create a cerebral hemorrhage in your it, head? It, it the stress of that. It, it probably wouldn't feel great to see the show that you got you know, fired from yeah, like, this is genuinely not a case of schadenfreude I do not like you know yeah. it's just more like a detective my curiosity is aroused that would be insane though to be to just miss out on like the hugest pop culture phenomenon yeah. of your generation yeah you, you know when you're like watching an Amazon Prime show and then you you recognize like a one line part that like of like a barista in this Amazon prime show. And it was shot in Toronto and you go, Oh fuck. I think I self taped for that barista. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with that one line one day on yeah. it that no one would Definitely. remember. And that makes you feel like, Oh God, I wish I got that one line on this yeah. B level show. I could only imagine what it would feel like if you were on the Simpsons briefly and then not, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that had to do with his, even when i see like a terrible local hack idiot crap comedian get a tweet (laughs) that does way better than mine i get a cerebral hemorrhage (laughs) but i got a i got a quote here from mark maron he described collins because you know maron's been yeah lock the gates because mark maron knows every comedian since the beginning of time He's been around for a long time. He described Collins in a 2021 podcast as, quote, just like this monster. Like he was uh, drugs and booze and weird and just creepy, Oh, unquote. Really? So who knows what this guy had going on? And, And we know that allegedly the Simpsons people... They they says they they fired him because he was difficult. So Sam Simon specifically is the only interesting reference I can find. I know you made this note about Sam Simon earlier, James, and I actually tried to l- investigate myself. Hmm. And it's just like Sam Simon's found him hard to work with. So I guess like hmm. he was like, "I'll take the bullet, guys." Or whatever. it is funny but- though too that he was replaced by Harry Shearer because Harry Shearer as well has a well-publicized history of being very difficult to work with and very frustrating to, to like to do stuff. So it's funny that whoever plays Mr. Burns is uh, a bit of a pain in the in the tuchus. And I never knew that about Harry Shearer. I've never Me heard neither. that. Me neither. So, yeah, you were saying something like... Like you've got a vendetta against him. Yeah. Uh-huh, I do. Well, it's like he doesn't speak to the Spinal Tap guys. He has had his differences with The Simpsons to the point that he, like made a big stink about like not wanting to come into the studio to record. He wanted to be able to do all of his voices from home uh, or, you know, just, I think he's clashed with people who worked with him on SNL and stuff like that. He just seems to be a very uh, divisive guy. He sounds like a very bite the hand that feeds you type of guy. Yeah. Like everybody that's helped him do anything he has a problem with. Seems, seems like it. Harry. uh, Harry, get some help. (laughs) He's he's got the funniest line in uh, A Mighty Wind when they do the song Eat at Joe's, but the sign is burnt out, and he goes, (laughs) E-A-O's? But he's a jerk. Huh. Well, we'll do an episode on Harry later. Hmm. Um, 
But but speaking of Harry Shearer and you know, uh, you know, he's always been nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we? At this point, should we do like some funny Mr. Yeah, Burns Yeah, let's just memories? go. I don't care about the rest of this info. I mean, if people don't know who Mr. Burns is, is at this point, uh, honey, uh, you got to watch some Simpsons. So now I'm going to tell you a, just a few examples, and you guys can always obviously chip in if you remember some too. Some examples of just why we think Mr. Burns deserves to be on Evil <laughs> Men and why he's so evil. Okay, one is... Uh, uh, one time when Mr. Burns was, this is totally true. I saw it. One time when Mr. Burns was building a casino, uh, you know, the casino episode is like he's walking down with Mayor Quimby in the Atlantic City like boardwalk area, and he reminisces uh, of a time when, as a child, he kept bashing into an Irish kind of like handyman over and over again with his bumper car crippling the Irish man. Yes. And he and he finds the memory so funny, okay, which is not funny. And he laughs for like a whole day. He laughs on the boardwalk as an adult. He laughs in the shower. He laughs while going to sleep in bed. Mm-hmm. Then laughs in church the next day. Then we see he's still laughing at his desk at work. He finally stops and he asks Smithers what was I laughing about again? And then he remembers and says, oh, yes, the crippled Irishman, and begins laughing anew <laughs> all over again. Yeah. He crippled the freaking guy. Not not nice behavior on, on Mr. Burns' part. Yeah. And I think, like, both of you guys are Irishmen. More James than me, really, I'd say. How, do, how did that make you feel, James, when Mr. Burns did that? Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel good about it. I... Um, it feels like an attack on me. I feel like Mr. Burns attacked me yeah. when he ran over that Irishman and laughed for it a full day. Yeah. So yeah. I think it was like two days by the montage they show. Because <laughs> he goes to church and back, go back to work. That's Sunday to Monday. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. This one Not might cool. be a little upsetting to uh, to animal lovers, but of course there's that famous episode where he wanted to turn a bunch of puppies into uh, a vest. Yes. And, and I think I speak for all of us when we say that we we denounce that kind of behavior. We don't like it, and we would never do it. He stole the Simpsons puppies in the episode Two Dozen and One Greyhounds. Yeah. Uh, Santa's little helper falls in love with a female greyhound at the Springfield racetrack. Her wealthy owner allows the Simpsons family to keep her. Doesn't take long, uh, for she's the fastest, who completely disappears after this episode. Uh, by the way, she falls pregnant, and the family soon find themselves with 25 little greyhound puppies to take care of. Mm-hmm. Although they try their hardest to make things work, it soon becomes clear that the puppies will need to be rehomed. Before a suitable home can be found, though, who the frick do you think shows up? Montgomery Burns. Montgomery Burns ends up stealing the pups and with a view to skinning them to create a greyhound tuxedo. Yeah. He doesn't go through with it in the end, but that's largely down to uh, Bart and Lisa's intervention. Oh, right. It wasn't just a vest. It was a whole tuxedo. Just the song. Yeah, the vest was the gorilla chest. Yes. And we were talking about Beauty and the Beast earlier. 
Jagerbach, yeah. Lumiere. See my vest, see my vest, made with real gorilla chest. See my loafers for my gophers. You know, remember all that? Yeah. Very funny. And Jerry Orbach saying, see my eyes, see my yes. eyes. I've donated my eyes. See my eyes, see my eyes. I donated them to some guys. <laughs> Mr. Burns was going to take away the dental plan too, yeah. from all the workers' union of the power plant. Yeah, but Homer realizes uh, we need the dental plan because Lisa needs braces. And as you remember, there's that classic bit where he's trying to remember where uh, Lenny. Bra- yeah, yeah. Dental plan. Yeah. Lisa, Lisa needs braces. braces. Dental plan. Lisa it's, needs braces. Yeah. It, it's funny that, I don't know, I don't maybe watch enough TV right now, but the Simpsons during these years definitely Too busy had, reading? I'm too busy reading and doing my, my watercolors. <laughs> for, those, uh, for those listening that don't know, Mike is boning up on uh, uh, the terror that's about to fall upon the whole world. <laughs> Yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> no, but I was gonna say that. I mean, what are, else is there to read about these days? There are like a handful of episodes from those like golden Simpsons years that were like basically yeah. like pro-union. Like this one about taking away the benefits and the last exit to Springfield episode where Lisa yeah. sings the, wait, the folk wait. song and yeah. yeah, we'll march day and night by the big yeah. cooling tower. Oh, they have the that. plant, yeah. but we have we the had power. the power. Is there anything? Is there a show, a current or you know show or on right now that is a comedy that has anywhere near these sort of like uh, pro union or like anti capitalist kind of stuff? I mean, I guess Succession in a way just depicts these people as. As absolute pigs, but it's sort of just implied that what they're doing. It's true. Is I doubt there are any like primetime comedies that are like as cutting. Union. <laughs> yeah, like Big Bang Theory. I also read uh, here that uh, Harry Shearer modeled his Mr. Burns voice on Lionel Barrymore, who I don't know who that is, and also He's an Ronald old actor Reagan from classic who, films. Okay, and Ronald Reagan, who had just been the president. <laughs> Right. I see the Ronald Reagan part. I, obviously, I don't too. know what Lionel Barrymore's voice sounds like, but uh, yeah, the Reagan thing makes sense for sure. Well, Lionel Barrymore was the bad guy in this wonderful. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, he's uh, Potter, and Potter yeah. is also probably something that Mr. Burns is is based on as well. Yeah. I okay, um, so let me try for a second. So Ronald Reagan is like, well, Nancy, and then Mr. Burns is like. <laughs> Well, Nancy. <laughs> Very good. Your meet your instructor, master class. <laughs> Learn how to do Mr. Burns from James Hartnett. Um, <laughs> we all know about Nancy Reagan's history in Hollywood. Yeah. Do. I Certainly wonder do. if Waylon Smithers had a similar history in Springfield. <laughs> you know what I'm just seeing here? Another another sin, another uh, vile act by Mr. Burns, the episode where he, he blocks out the sun, that was like such a fantastical idea. But in real life, Bill Gates has proposed doing that as a way to fight climate change by spraying dust to like oh, yeah, block I've out the sun that. to cool the planet. <laughs> so he's literally taking a page out of Mr. Burns' goddamn book. Not a great look. But Mr. Mm. Burns blocked out the sun because he wanted all of Springfield's power 
to come from him. Like right. that's mm-hmm. the the two parter is also like they find oil underneath the the school Springfield Elementary, and there's a this is how evil Mister Burns does is he uh, bec- when they first find oil there, um, Mister Burns disguises himself as a student to suggest they sign off the oil well to the local <laughs> energy concerns, meaning him, of course. But Principal Skinner knew it was Mr. Burns because he's 104 years old and doesn't look like a student. But he dressed like Jimbo Jones. You remember that? He wore a toque and he had like a skull Hello, t-shirt. Chums. Me and the other fourth formers, right? Yeah. But uh, do you think Bill Gates wants to block out the sun so that he could have a monopoly on all of the energy sources of the planet? He's probably like, if I block out the sun, everyone will buy more uh, Microsoft XL from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, apparently it was an altruistic thing to help slow or reverse climate change. But you got to you got to wonder with a guy like Bill Gates. I you know what? Don't you think I, I give Bill Gates a little bit of credit that he hasn't. James, you mustn't. Well, hear me out. <laughs> He's the only really famous big billionaire who didn't get ripped. Or, you know, That's get true. chin surgery. Elon looks totally different. Jeff Bezos looks But he did get a divorce from his wife. Melinda. Uh, Melinda. For reasons that haven't become public, but uh, the scandal happen, happened around the same time as another scandal in the news. Epstein. Right? Oh, yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Oh, what were you right, talking James. about? I just didn't want to say it because I don't know what the <laughs> hell's out there these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bill wouldn't sue yeah. us. One time, what Mr. Burns and Smithers did was they got rid of barrels of nuclear waste in a park. <laughs> they put so many nuclear barrels in a tree that the tree grew octopus arms. Then a squirrel with glowing eyes came out of the tree onto a branch and used its laser eyes to cut an acorn off a branch and then it had a frog-like tongue to catch the acorn and eat it. And that is no doubt um, a mutation from all of that. So he's not a friend of the environment, not a friend of the earth. Uh, one time Mr. Burns was blindfolded at his birthday party and he was trying to hit a pinata. But instead he kept hitting Homer Simpson in the head. <laughs> but Homer didn't say anything because it's his boss. He's afraid. He had no One time someone yeah. was charging room service to the company... And Mr. Burns was so upset, he sent some flying monkeys out of his office window to stop them. But the flying monkeys actually couldn't fly. They were just, and they just fell to their death out the window. Yeah. So he doesn't even care about his own uh, minions of terror. He's a classic narcissist, only cares about what's in it for him. Uh... One time Mr. Burns hit Bart with his car (laughs) and he wanted to pay Homer off with just a hundred measly dollars. Yeah. And have him sign a form saying he won't sue. But of course, Homer, that's when he first meets Lionel Hutz. Yeah. And Lionel Hutz, uh, he's an ambulance chaser, introduces him to Dr. Nick Riviera, who's also like a, you know, kind of like a scheming, hustling, cheap doctor. Yeah. And they ask Mr. Burns for a million dollars. Mr. B- now, this is what I wanted to get at. This is, this is the psychology of Mr. Burns. He tells Smithers to fire Homer, but Smithers, of course, is a bit more reasonable and says, do you think that's wise? Think of the headlines. But when Mr. Burns closes his eyes and tries to think of the headlines, they read three things. He sees Burns fires ungrateful employee, 
Another smart move by Burns. And hooray for Burns. Then Mr. Burns says, what about the headlines? He doesn't even get it. You understand? He's so blinkered. He's so uh, he lives in such a bubble where uh, he he could do no wrong. Almost, I think ultimately that's Mister Burns's problem is he lives in a bubble. He lives in a damn bubble. Bubble of evil, bubblicious. Well, speaking, Mister Burns got a bubblicious butt. <laughs> well, if you do want to venture to the to the seedy side of the net, you can Google Mister Burns' butt or front, and you'll see some images that you. You'll wish you hadn't. I'll just put it that way. I I saw this one where Mr. Burns goes to the doctor, and the doctor's <laughs> trying to withdraw. This is how old he is. He's trying to with, withdraw some blood from his veins, but the needle goes right through his arm. And then the doctor goes, well, isn't that odd? It's like poking through meringue. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I love that. Well, yeah. how do you feel? We uh, maybe evilometer time? What are you guys thinking? I think it might, uh, as Mr. Burns would say, let's bring it out. Oh, right. I forgot <laughs> he said that very often. <laughs> All right. Let me pull it out here. Smithers, oh. let's bring it out. <laughs> okay, here we James, go. James, you're going you're gonna to injure your, your no, spine. No, I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine. All right. Excellent. Um, here's the evilometer. Uh, Chris, I'm putting you on the spot. One to ten. What do you give Mr. Burns on the evil scale? Ten Uh, being the worst, one being the least evil. Ten. Burns is all out, flat out, all-encompassing evil. He, Mm. uh... Maybe nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But he's all out, like like I said, all-encompassing evil, uh, incarnate, uh, there's nothing he is not not capable of. He even joined the Nazis, as we found out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't care about human beings at all. There's a there's a scene where Lenny drunkenly is telling him he's the greatest and giving him a thumbs up while he's in the car by himself, and and that just shows you what kind of guy Mr. Burns is. He's so afraid <laughs> of Lenny. Even though Lenny is going, you're the greatest, giving him a thumbs up. He's like, help, Smithers. He doesn't know he, what another human being is truly like. I think he's incapable. I think he's a sociopath, psychopath. Yeah. and if Narcissist. Watched, narcissist, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, 100% the, in, the, the analysis we get from the end of that, uh, the corporation documentary is 100% Mr. Burns. Hmm. That uh, if if a corporation was a human, they would be a psychomaniac. Hmm. Yeah. And I feel like Mr. Burns is that yellow human version of, you know, corporation. Well, I, I can't greed. disagree with you. With disagree with you, Chris. And uh, I'm actually I'm going to join you in giving Mr. Burns a nine out of ten. He's terrible. He's greedy. He doesn't care about human life. I'm I'm docking one point because I think he's funny. He right. makes me laugh. So James, that's I believe that's the harshest uh, rating you've ever given on. No, who was the guy who was Stalin's number two guy? Oh, Beria. Beria, oh, yeah, I gave that was higher. A, I loved the Beria episode, by the way. <laughs> I think I'm putting Mr. Burns higher than Jeffrey Dahmer, though. We might not have even right. had the evilometer at that point. But who Jeffrey knows? Dahmer didn't yeah. have 
the lifespan of freedom to create yeah. the atrocities. Like, mm-hmm. luckily, Dahmer got cut short. You got to yeah, get Doc Mr. True. Burns because he's part of the problem societally. Yes. And he's yeah, unstoppable. Just... I mean, he's still going to this day. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, we said, like, when we brought out the evilometer before that Hitler was like a 10. Well, even though he joined the SS, he still wasn't Hitler. He worked for him. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's right. tough Which to makes him a bit under the 10. Yeah. yeah. Michael, I'm looking at you. I'm giving him a 9.999999 to infinity. Uh, Not quite a 10, but yeah, this guy, he's a real nasty piece of work. He's he's been utterly warped by his pursuit of wealth. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Burns, that is, right? The cartoon character. And he is devoid of of humanity. He doesn't care about his fellow man. Um... And he doesn't. He didn't like how Marge painted him. Didn't like how Marge painted him. He He also tried to get Marge to leave Homer to be with him when she went to work for him. And he also tried to steal Marge's mom from, or no, he tried to steal Abe Simpson's girlfriend. Yes, and he also tried to steal Bart from from his dad. That's right. When in the in the uh, Mr. Burns's heir episode. Yeah. yeah, and then then Homer got Pepe to fill in. There's he also didn't like his Mr. brother Bur- Rodney Dangerfield. There's right. basically nothing Mr. Burns has done that you could say that was nice. Briefly no. on the bowling team, maybe when he was yeah. in the bowling team with Homer and Mo and that's right. Apu. Yeah, but yeah, this guy is a real nasty shit, Mr. Michael. Burns. Yeah, he's a, he's a shit, and he's nine point nine 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 to infinity, and that's 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 my story, and I'm sticking to it, guys. I love it. Wow. Well, thanks, Chris, for doing you know a pretty uncomfortable thing, lifting the lid on Mr. Burns and showing us what's what's going on in there. You know, yeah, it's not easy. You know, credit to Chris because it's not easy to go over all the heinous things that a truly horrific nine point <laughs> nine on the evilometer person did, and still yeah. keep it light. Yeah, yeah, I had fun, even though the material was very dark. Yeah. You know, so I'm glad we were able to find the humor in in the darkness. Mm-hmm. I went away this weekend into the woods with my wife. Uh, we stayed at a lodge and we did some outdoor activities. We had some nice meals and I just needed a break and I just needed to get away. It's been really uh, dark in the city these days. And yeah. you guys were like, any idea who you want to do, Chris? And I said, I don't know, Mr. Burns. <laughs> and then I went on my vacation. And I love that we're sharing that story with everybody because <laughs> it really does give a good peek behind the curtain. In a Twitter group Absolutely. chat, I said, I don't know, Mr. Burns. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. where the idea for this episode was born. Our so. fans are going to go nuts at yeah. that little bit of... It's like when you watch Get Back and you see Paul McCartney just come <laughs> up with uh, get you know the song Get Back out of the blue. And you're like, how did that happen? Well, that's how, how this episode happened. Yeah. Crazy. It really is wild inspiration how it happens. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> They're nerds. <laughs> Who do you prefer? Uh, treble Charger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, great I job, I saw Chris. Treble Charger for free at the <laughs> C&E. I didn't see the Beatles for free at the C&E. <laughs> no. I saw Treble Charger open for Moist at the C&E. I'd like to wow. see the Beatles 
open for Paul Anka. Well, let it's it be known that I'm a Bill Priddle fan of Treble Charger, but less so the Greg Nury songs. So that's just my two cents. Jesus Treble Christ Charger James. fans out there will know what I'm talking about. Anyway. We're going to get some very angry emails that's going to make our honking controversy look like <laughs> child's play. Well, Bill Priddle wrote Red and Fade, you know, when the Red, yeah. you know, those are goods. And Greg Norrie yeah. just wrote the dumb pop songs. Is that the one like, now I know how far Oh, yeah, go. give me a break. That was when Treble yeah. Charger had passed into sort right. of trying to be popular. Right. They weren't Controversial opinion. Yeah. yeah. For anyone listening to, I do like the Beatles, okay? Ah, uh, look at all <laughs> the lonely people. What's the? How do you sing Eleanor Rigby, Mike? Eleanor Rigby, she was a lonely woman who didn't have teeth. Eleanor Rigby lived in a cage and was treated just like an animal. <laughs> they fed her I want to you like Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't actually mean that. It's just because you said animal. No, don't apologize for a, a joke I well done. fuck you like Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to go on record as saying I find that song by Nine Inch Nails to be disconcerting. I never liked oh. it. I, I don't want some guy saying well, he wants had... to do it Wait, with you, you like an animal. You don't want to rush into this judgment, James. You, do you really at this moment want to pass judgment on the song Closer from 1996 <laughs> I do. I or whatever? I don't, I don't li- I like the, 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 the sound of the song, but then when mm-hmm. you really think about the lyrics, I'm just going, ew. Well, you keep it to yourself, Trent Reznor. Why didn't you make this song about like something else i'll i'll make you feel even worse james uh, a couple years after that song came out i actually bumped into trent trent Reznor at the uh, bovine sex club here in toronto <laughs> and i go when you say i want to f you like an animal in that song like what exact what animal exactly are you thinking of yeah and trent Thanks said for- a donkey oh <laughs> yeah well, that was another great, fun episode of Evil Men. Release the pod. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 